0: Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Amen. So imagine that uh, you're in my Sunday school class and I say, we're going to do a, a, a parable, we're going to do a play. And you think to yourself, ooh, maybe we'll do the Good Samaritan. Can I be the Good Samaritan? Can I be the innkeeper? Or maybe we're going to do another parable. Maybe we'll do the story of Jesus on the boat saying to Peter, put out your net on the right side. And I say, well, no, that's not the parable we're doing as our play. We're doing the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. What part would you want to play? Would you want to be the landowner? Would you want to be the first set of workers, the second set, the third, the fourth? But before you answer... Ask, what is my motivation? What is my emotion? Can I really get into the psyche of that character? Well, maybe you think of the landowner as a confused, doddering old man, generous to a fault. Oh, just give them all what what they deserve. Or maybe the landowner is confident and authoritative, self-assured and benevolent. This is my money and I'm going to dispense of it as I like. Maybe you want to be the first group, the group that worked all day, and you're ready. You could be angry and frustrated and feel cheated and shout like Wiki did in the children's sermon. That's not fair. Or maybe you're in that second and third group, the ones that were hired at 9 and 12 and 3, and you're like, I'm just happy for the work. I don't care what happened. Give me my money and let me go home. Or imagine if you're in that last group. You'd be surprised. think like I only worked it out. They were equally as surprised as the people in the first group. They were in awe. And I got to tell you, they were probably a little bit fearful of group one. <laughs> now, a denarius doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but it means one day's work. What you would get for one day's work. The average salary in America, I I follow this stuff because if I can't have money, I like to read about it, is $54,000 a year. I think I might have mentioned that last week. So, that's about $1,000 a week. That's about $200 a day. So, the first group got $200 for working 12 hours, and the last group got $200 for working one hour. Is anybody else's ire going up? Right? It's not a little coin that we're talking about. It's a day's wage. Now, if you want to be cruel, you could say, well, you know, they're fighting for a minimum wage of $15. That would be 120 plus 60 That would be $180. That's still a lot of money for one hour's work. And we, who work get upset by this. And we resonate with the laborers in the field who are there all day. Well, let me put this into historical perspective for you. Harvest time was a big deal. You, you might remember this from the book of Ruth. They, they devote almost a whole chapter to the harvest, and Boaz uh, gets a little happy on the wine and just sleeps next to... The grain that has been harvested for him. And that's where Ruth comes and they have the dialogue about buying the field. It was a big deal. And just like today, there were migrant workers who would come and hang out in the town square to get picked to go pick. So the landowner would come and let's be honest, he's going to look for the people that will work the hardest. He's going to look for the youngest and the strongest and the wide awake. At 6 o'clock in the morning, I want people who are awake to go work in my field. I don't want people who are going to take the first hour drinking their coffee. So he came and he picked the top of the crop at 6 a.m. And then he got the next level at 9 and the next level at 12 and the next level at 3. When he went back at 5, who was left? The people that nobody else wanted perhaps the old or the infirmed or the weak or the lame. And those are the ones he invited to come and work for him. Also, these workers who gathered at the Agora, the marketplace, were day workers. They had no regular job. They didn't own a business. They didn't own land that they could farm themselves. And they had no appreciable talent. Now, I got to tell you, many years ago, Many years ago, I was traveling across the country with some friends. And I was running out of money. And we were in a town where they had street performers. And I took a bandana and I laid it down and I started singing in the street. I figured if they can make money, so can I. And I did. And people were putting money down. I was singing old Maria Alonza tunes. Who doesn't like Mary Alonza, right? Be my love for no one else could end this yearning. I got a nice little pile of money. What I didn't know is you had to have a a permit to sing. Police came over, and they said, do you have a permit? I said, no. They said, you sing beautifully, but other people have complained, and they took my money away. But they didn't arrest me. That's a good thing, right? So they had no appreciable talent. They didn't sing. They didn't build things. They were desperate destitute and dependent hear that, dependent on being hired for the day the other thing you need to know is this the owner didn't have to hire any of them just like the candy in the children's sermon the owner did not have to hire anybody he hired them out of his grace and his mercy, also did you notice the contract that he made with the first group He purposely said, I will pay you a denarius. I will pay you one day's wages. All the others, he said, go to the vineyard and I will pay you what is right. See, we as human beings get stuck on the treadmill of life. Right? Think of uh, James Earl Jones. I don't remember the name of his character. Holding up little Simba right? And Elton John is singing in the background, The Circle of Life. But well, let's talk about that human circle. You're born, you go to school. My parents told me school is your job. You have to do a good job at school. Just nod if your parents told you that. Then you go to high school and you take that test. Around 10th grade, the Strong Campbell Interest Inventory. And they say, you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to be a teacher and you're going to be a nurse or whatever. And then you go to college and they say, if you do well in college, you'll get a good job. Not if they told you this. Then you come out of college, you get a good job. What do you do? If you're a man, you get a pretty wife. If you're a pretty wife, you get a handsome guy. You buy a house, you make some kids. and You start putting money away so that when you retire, you don't have to eat cat food, Right? And then you enjoy the grandchildren and the fruits of your labors. And then you die, and what happens? The grandchildren go to school, go to college, get a job, get a wife, get a husband, get grandkids, retire. And what happens? They're great. It's the circle of life. And that's what we're taught when we're very little. Work hard. Do your best. Excel. And... Uh, educational server circles on what's called a carnivore my job when I take a graduate school class is to make everybody else in that class afraid of me so they never want to take a class with me again I'm gonna get the highest grade on every paper why because I'm a carnivore that's what we're taught that's what those workers in the field had been taught if I work harder than you I should get more than you That's why, and I think this is fair, our millennials are so upset because they were told this is the circle of life and now that they've gotten through the college, they've got a whole bunch of debt, they're living in mom's basement and maybe they're parking cars or working at Taco Bell and like, hold it, this is not the promise I was given. What does this mean for us then? Well... We need to go back to the kingdom of God and the word of God. As human beings, we need to remember that in Romans it tells us, for all have sinned and for short of the glory of God. No one has a right to go to heaven. We've said this all summer long. You can't earn, learn, pray, or say your way into heaven. It is a gift that God gives us, all of sin. And how do we know that? Because he says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Because God sent his son, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God is inviting us into his kingdom hear that god is inviting us into his kingdom it's not our kingdom it's his kingdom and he opens the door and invites anyone in who will come there are three truths in this verse that nobody wants to hear but the first one is this god doesn't owe us anything god doesn't owe us anything I have a friend who worked in security for Bradley's. You remember Bradley's? And his job was to work on pilferage, the uh, items that walked out of the store without being paid for. And he told me that more stuff goes out the back door of Bradley's than out of the front door of Bradley's. That the employees actually stole more than the people who were shoplifting. And I I said, I I don't get it. Why why is that? And he said, I'll tell you. They begin to work there and they begin to see the money that Bradley's is making and they say, you know what? I'm more than whatever they're paying me an hour. I deserve a TV or I deserve a microwave or I deserve a whatever. And out the back door it goes into their car. Bradley's doesn't owe them more than the denarius they were offered at the beginning of their career with them. God doesn't owe us anything except what we deserve. And nobody wants to talk about that because it's not fair. The second truth here is that we can't earn anything from God. I, I don't know if I told Vicki this, but she was there, but she was in the car. I, we went to Dippy's Ice Cream. We, I love ice cream. I believe that ice cream is the answer to all of life's questions. And we go to Dippy's for me far more than we should. And I got up to pay for our thing, and the girl had a $20 bill on the counter. And she said, somebody has left this $20 bill to pay for your ice cream. I said, really? She said, yeah. Then I thought to myself, you know what? I got enough money to pay for my own ice cream. I'm going to pay it forward. And I said to the girl with a big smile, use it for the next guy. She's like, what? I said, yeah, use it for the next guy. And I said, and I hope that he does the same thing. And at the end, you can have the $20. She was amazed. You can't earn anything from God. Somebody has already paid your bill. Think about that. It's not ice cream, it's salvation. And somebody has already paid the bill. It's surprising, it's undeserved, it's unearned. It's a gift. Now, I, I hope that you're feeling the change of direction here. When we first read the parable, we were resonating with group one. I have spent my whole life working for God. Why are they getting something that I worked for? No, God is giving us all a great and gracious gift. The third truth is this. The blessings of the kingdom, here and not yet realized, because there are more blessings waiting for us in heaven, are not dependent on time served. Serving God should not feel like a prison sentence. Now, I'll be honest, there are mornings I roll out of bed and I think I would rather stay in bed than go to church. But then I think about it. I love church. I go to church on vacation. Why? Because then I get to go sit in the back and sing really loudly, and then you can see people. They they know it's not polite to turn around and look, but they want to turn around. Where did that voice come from? And uh, Vicky will tell you, it takes about ten minutes before somebody comes up and says, "Have you met our choir director?" But I love going to church. I love singing great and glorious hymns. Church should not feel like a prison sentence. And yet sometimes we tire of doing good. And Paul addresses that in 2 Thessalonians. He says, as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Why? Because the blessings are here and there's more to come. In 2 Corinthians he writes, therefore... Since we have this ministry through the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. The payoff for the first group, the second group, the third group, the fourth group, and the fifth group is the kingdom of heaven. But I want you to hear this. The blessings for the first groups, the six o'clock, the nine o'clock, and the noon, is the inner satisfaction we receive for being in God's employee. Who's your employer? God is. In fact, Paul also reminds us that when we have a, an earthly job, we need to do it as if we were working for Jesus. We are to be held accountable to a higher standard. So every commentary I read this week said the same thing. This is the hardest parable on which to preach. Nobody wants to preach on this one. It's the hardest parable to hear and it's the hardest to understand. And Vicki and I were talking about it this week and we were wrestling with this as well. Why? Because the person who comes late to the kingdom is just as important as those who come early. The person who comes late is just as important as the those who come early I have two examples for you one I'm sure you all know we talk about this person every Good Friday Jesus is on the cross there's a thief on either side one thief decides to rail at Jesus with all the Jewish leaders and call him names and he says why don't you save us and the other thief humbly says in essence take me with you and what does Jesus say This day you will be with me in paradise. He wasn't even there for the last hour. He was there perhaps for his last breath. The person who comes late to the kingdom is just as important to God as those who come early. I want to finish with this story. Have you heard the name Ty Cobb? Ty Cobb is generally regarded as one of the greatest baseball players of all time. When he was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 1936, he received more votes than any player on the ballot. He was at one time credited with 90 Major League Baseball records, and he still holds several of them today. He retained many other records, including most career hits, most career runs, most career games played at-bats, and the modern record for the career for stolen bases. But if you know about Ty Cobb, you know one thing more than anything else. He was not a nice person. He was not nice to his fellow players. He wasn't nice to management. He wasn't nice to people that came up and asked for his autograph to fans. People knew him as a sour, grumpy man. In 1961, Ty Cobb lay dying and a pastor came to his bedside during this difficult time and urged him to repent of his sins and make a decision for Christ. Ty Cobb looked up and said, you're not telling me that a whole life of sin can be done away with by deathbed repentance, are you? And the pastor assured Ty Cobb that it could. Ty Cobb on his deathbed invited jesus into his life and shortly thereafter he died and we assume that he comfortably passed through the pearly gates as if he'd been a sunday school teacher his whole life if there's one message here it's this people who come late to the kingdom are just as important as those who come early we need to pray to understand the nature of god's grace and mercy It is so far above what we could ask or imagine. And yet God holds the door for every one of his sheep. Let me close with this. It is never too late to give your heart to Jesus. And if you've not made that decision, today would be a super fantastic time. That's a word I use when I'm teaching school. When we finish, I always tell my kids, have a super fantastic day. What a super fantastic day to give your heart to Jesus. It's never too late to pick up work you've set aside. Maybe you started working early and then you got tired. You got tired of doing good. You got tired of not seeing fruits for your labors. It's never too late to pick up the work that you've set aside for a time. And if you need to talk to somebody and pray with someone about that, our leaders, our deacons, our pastors would love to. And let me close with this. There are souls yet to harvest, lives yet to save, hearts yet to change, work yet to be done. Remember, we started with the idea of a play. What part will you play? Amen.